0: Dear friends, welcome to Keep the Faith Ministry. Thank you for joining me again this month as we take up another important end time message. We are going to look at a very relevant topic. How do you hang on to truth with so many lies to wade through? Politics is fraught with lies, business often involves deception. And even the church, whom Christ said is the pillar and ground of truth, often leaves you with falsehoods. Truth is actually a rare commodity, and when you have it, you have a certainty of the future. When you don't, you're vulnerable to hucksters, hoaxes, and worse, soul-destroying deceptions, and you are tossed around with and confused By every wind of doctrine. Before we begin, I want to tell you how much I appreciate your prayers for Keep the Faith. They mean so much to me, and thank you so much for your gifts to maintain the important work of Keep the Faith. Your faithfulness in these perilous times is nothing short of amazing. Your investment is well placed because we are keeping you and many others spiritually encouraged and challenged as well as informed of the evidence that Jesus is coming soon indeed. My wife and her team have been working hard on the next issue of Last Generation magazine Truth in the Age of Disinformation. How to discern the truth in the age of deep fakes. Fake News and Outrage It mails out at the end of October 2020. Subscribe or renew in time to receive this relevant issue or sponsor gift subscriptions in time for the holiday season to your friends, family members, and outreach contacts. Visit www.lastgen.net or call them at 540 672 5671 today. They also will have some extra issues for ordering in bulk. Call them or visit their website. As we begin, let us pray. Our Father in Heaven, how grateful we are that you stand beside your faithful people and give them peace in the midst of chaos. Please come and be with us today as we study. Help us to cling to the truth like never before. Lord, we don't want to be deceived, and there are so many deceptions, but only one truth. As we study this compelling subject, I pray that we will have insights that have we have not had before, and God of truth, please be our God, our protector and sustainer. In Jesus' name, Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles to Revelation twelve, seven through nine. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought in his angels, and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent, called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Notice that Satan is a deceiver. That means he lied to Adam and Eve, But before that, he deceived many angels in heaven. And but for a mighty struggle over which Christ was the victor, he would still be deceiving at least some of the angelic hosts. Or at least through his lies, he would be able to get sympathy. Lying has been going on for millennia. And Satan has deceived nearly the whole world into thinking that his way is better than God's way. But God has overcome Satan by truth. By sending his son Jesus to earth to speak only truth, he pulled the mask off Satan's lies. More than that, when Satan said that God isn't loving, he showed that God is infinite in love. When Satan said that God is exclusive, Christ showed that nothing is farther from the truth. When Satan said that God doesn't forgive, he showed that God not only forgives, but restores those who are penitent. Satan is the father of lies. The Bible says in John 8.44, Jesus said to the religious leaders of his day, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Satan Originated Lies They have become part of his DNA, so to speak, and he has used many human organizations and people to do this work over the millennia. For instance, in an especially egregious effort to deceive the public, Philip Morris and other tobacco companies were found guilty in court of fraudulent marketing and intentional deception in order to make payments, huge payments, and other penalties to compensate for some of the damage to its customers over a long period of time. But the damage had been done by falsehoods and deception. On August seventeenth, two 2007, after six years of litigation, District Federal Court Judge Kessler issued a 1,683-page opinion holding the tobacco companies were liable for conspiracy and corrupt organization by fraudulently covering up the health risks associated with cigarettes and for marketing their cigarettes to children. That's the United States versus Philip Morris. The judge wrote that the tobacco companies have marketed and sold their lethal product with zeal, with deception, with a single-minded focus on their financial success and without regard for human tragedy of social cost that success exacted. The judge ruled that the companies had coordinated their public relations research and marketing efforts in order to advance their scheme to defraud by denying the adverse health effects of smoking, denying the addictiveness of nicotine, denying their manipulation of nicotine content, and denying that their marketing targeted youth. As new smokers, the companies also suppressed and destroyed information related to the dangers of smoking in order to maximize their profit and enhance the market for cigarettes. Here are the major findings of the judge. 1. Defendants have falsely denied, distorted, and minimized the significant adverse health consequences of smoking for decades. Two, for approximately 40 years, defendants publicly, vehemently, and repeatedly denied the addictiveness of smoking and nicotine's central role in smoking. Three, defendants falsely marketed and promoted low tar light cigarettes. As less harmful than full-flavor cigarettes in order to keep the people smoking and sustain corporate revenues. 4. Defendants have falsely denied that they can and do control the level of nicotine delivered in order to create and sustain addiction. 5. Defendants have publicly denied What they internally acknowledged, that ETS, environmental tobacco smoke or secondhand smoke, is hazardous to non-smokers. 6. From the 1950s to the present, different defendants at different times and using different methods have intentionally marketed to young people under the age of 21, in order to recruit replacement smokers to ensure the economic future of the tobacco industry. Judge Kessler concluded that, from at least 1953 until at least 2000, each and every one of these defendants repeatedly, consistently, vigorously, and falsely denied the existence of any adverse health effects from smoking. Moreover, they mounted a coordinated, well-financed, and sophisticated public relations campaign to attack and distort the scientific evidence demonstrating the relationship between smoking and disease, claiming the link between the two was still an open question. Finally, in so doing, they ignored the massive documentation in their internal corporate files from their own scientists, executives, and public relations people that, as Philip Morris' Vice President of Research and Development, Helmut Wickham, admitted there was little basis for disputing the findings of the 1964 Surgeon General's report at this time. That was quite a case. And besides the compensation, that the tobacco companies have a lot of blood on their hands in the eyes of God because of those intentional lies. Notice, too, that all the lies were for money to ensure the economic future of the tobacco industry. But there are lies older and even more deceptive than the tobacco company's falsehoods, and they go right to the heart of the most harmful organization ever in the history of the world. The Roman Catholic Church has perpetrated magnificent lies for 2,000 years and is still doing so today. Its religious lies are notorious. Martin Luther uncovered quite a few of them, in fact. The church is still lying. The church in modern times lied to cover up its child abuse and pedophilia through mechanisms of its own going back quite a few years. While it isn't necessary to explain here all the reasons to prove its lies are lies, I just want to list a few of the falsehoods. The Roman Catholic Church is the church which was established by Christ. Number two, that the Apostle Peter was the first pope of the church. Number three, the Catholic Church is the church to whom he gave authority in the world. Number four, Roman Catholicism is the one true faith and the pillar and ground of truth. Number five, the Pope is vicar of Christ and has apostolic authority. Number six, man has original sin that he cannot eradicate. Number seven, infant baptism. Number eight, sprinkling is a valid baptism. Number nine, Jesus' mother Mary is co-redemptrix with Christ. Number ten, that salvation can be achieved by good works. Number eleven, confession to a human priest is part of the salvation process. Number twelve, that Sunday rest was authorized by the apostles or by Christ himself. Number thirteen, that there is life after death, and on and on and on it goes. The lies are seemingly endless, and peoples still believe them, even after they have evidence that Rome is still lying today. These falsehoods are historical. And many people are going to lose their salvation because of them. Rome has a lot of blood on its hands, too. These examples of major falsifications and lies, both ancient and modern, are only in two organizations. There are many more. To these examples of institutional lying can be added the lies of the dairy industry the poultry industry, the food industry in general, the fashion industry, the used car industry, and of course, the Hollywood industry. The CIA, the FBI, the NSA, and many other government agencies lie. They have to to main their cover. There are movements in the world with large followings and many supportive organizations that lie every day to sustain their movement, like the LGBTQ plus movement and Marxist socialist movements and QAnon. And there are laws supporting... Lies and falsehoods like the abortion laws and homeschooling prohibitions in some places. There are deep fakes that are really deceptive. Deep fakes are synthetic media in which a person in an existing image or video is replaced with someone else's likeness. While the fact of faking content is not new. Deep fakes leverage powerful techniques from machine learning and artificial intelligence to manipulate or generate visual and audio content with a high potential to deceive. They can make you think you are seeing or feeling something that isn't real, as if it is real. Then there are the political lies or fake news promoted by the partisan media, especially on the left, though the political right isn't innocent either. Politicians lie. In fact, all presidents lie, and I mean all of them. That's why it's not prudent to support any candidate. While you vote for a candidate, You may be a participant in the sins they commit while in office. Fundamentals of Christian Education, page 475. There are more important issues. You lose your prophetic end-time voice with many people because of the political positions you take. I certainly hope you don't or didn't sin against God in this election cycle. Perhaps one of the greatest deceptions of all is when a demon pretends to be someone's dead loved ones. This lie is a form of spiritism. There are lies everywhere. Unless you have a guide that is only going to tell you the truth, and that guide has been tested over time, you will be deceived sold down the river, they say, or exploited for personal monetary gain. What constitutes a lie? The dictionary says it is making an intentionally false statement, a situation involving deception, intentionally presenting a false impression. Have you ever done any of those things? Listen to this from The Faith I Live By, page 69. I am bidden to warn all who make untruthful statements that they are serving him who has been a liar from the beginning. Let us be on guard against untruthfulness, which grows upon him who practices it. I say to all, make truth your girdle, But put away all prevarication and exaggeration. Never make a false statement. An intention to deceive is what constitutes falsehood. By a glance of the eye, a motion of the hand, an expression of the countenance, a falsehood may be told as effectually as by words. All intentional overstatement, every hint or insinuation, calculated to convey an erroneous or exaggerated impression. Even the statement of facts in such a manner as to mislead is falsehood. There should be a continual effort to imitate the society we expect soon to join, namely the angels of God who have never fallen by sin. The characters should be holy, the manners comely, the words without guile, and thus should we follow on step by step until we are fitted for translation. <clears throat> what is guile? The dictionary says it is crafty or artful deception or duplicity, which is deceitfulness in speech or conduct. Speaking of the 144,000, John the Revelator says, And in their mouth was found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne of God. And that's Revelation fourteen fifteen. So our very countenance should express a conscious awareness that we are in the truth and of the truth. Every glance of the eye, every tone of the voice, Every liniment of the features should express the evidence that we have been with Jesus. Every expression should be marked with humility and love. I tell you, I need and want that experience. Don't you? Here is a statement from Testimonies for the Church, Volume 4, page 494. The custom of overreaching in trade, which exists in the world, is no example for Christians. They should not deviate from perfect integrity, even in small matters. To sell an article for more than it's worth, to take advantage of the ignorance of purchasers, is fraud. Unlawful gains, petty tricks of the Of the trade, exaggeration, competition, underselling a brother who is seeking to pursue an honest business, these things are corrupting the purity of the church and are ruinous to her spiritually. The business world does not lie outside of the limits of God's government. Christianity is not to be merely paraded on the Sabbath. And displayed in the sanctuary, it is for every day in the week and for every place. Its claims must be recognized and obeyed in the workshop, at home, and in business transactions with brethren and with the world. With many an absorbing worldliness eclipses the true sense of Christian obligation. The Religion of Christ will have such influence upon the heart that it will control the life. Men possessing the genuine article of true religion will in all their business transactions show as clear a perception of right as when offering their supplications at the throne of grace. The life with all its capabilities belongs to God and should be used to promote his glory instead of being perverted to the service of satan in defrauding our fellow men so everything comes under the purview of the law of god make straight paths for your feet hebrews 12:13 what does the bible say will be the end of all liars Listen to Revelation twenty-two fourteen and 15. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life, and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without are dogs, and sorcerers, and whoremongers, and murderers, and idolaters, and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. The prohibition against lying is found in the Ten Commandments. The Ninth Commandment says, Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor, Exodus 20, 16. So tragically, none of these people who commit these things will be in the New Jerusalem, and they will become so hardened that they won't be able to tell the difference between the truth and a lie. And scams are everywhere. They are just as much a lie as anything else. There are scammers who will lie to you that they have inherited millions, and they need a partner to help them get the money out of Africa or Russia or wherever, and they chose you, amazingly, to be their partner, for which you will be rewarded with part of the haul, usually several million dollars. Then, when you respond, they need a little money from you, no less, <laughs> to process paperwork or for some legal fees or whatever. It's all a big lie. Then there's the sob story, emergency, where a person is stranded in Britain, and their wallet was stolen, and they need a little help, which gets bigger and bigger with each successful round of picking your pocket. Some of these scammers are very good at it. People fall for lies every day. At the supermarket, when they buy a car, when they turn on the TV, they fall for robocalls, the fraternal order of police, the needs of of the Fire Department and the Missing Persons Association. Oh, then again, maybe some of them are genuine. But how do you know which are truly genuine? There is so much disinformation out there. How do you know if anything is genuine anymore? Some of these lies don't have much impact. But others have quite a set of consequences. Even social media companies distort reality. About two-thirds of U.S. adults get their news from social media. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram... And other platforms have deep biases that are constantly pushed on users by misrepresenting the truth, which is a lie. Let's talk about that for a few minutes today because social media has become a major force in society. We tweet, we like, we share. But most people, particularly younger people, have grown dependent on social media for their facts and or truth. But this is dangerous because these social media companies have a dark side. A new documentary shows how they are being used to break down our shared reality. What do I mean by that? Before social media, most people, no matter their persuasion on a given topic, had a common set of facts on which to base their opinions and decisions. They may have come to different conclusions or decisions, but they are working from a common platform. Today, that has changed. In fact, we aren't all working from the same facts anymore. We don't have a shared reality. And this makes it very difficult to understand each other. Jeff Orlowski has directed a documentary film available on Netflix called The Social Dilemma, describing what is happening to society as a result of the use of social media. He says the advent of the iPhone created a more personal experience because that experience was yours and yours alone. It wasn't the desktop computer that could be shared by the whole family. Now the experience could be tailored for the individual. Not only could the individual tailor the experience, but the social media companies have developed algorithms to first enhance the experience and then to guide that experience. This gives them awesome power over the mind through customized news, for example, because they can provide content that is very personalized to the individual. Its first effect is to give everyone their own personalized version of the world, their own reality, so to speak, rather than a shared reality with millions of others as it used to be before the iPhone. When the experience is decoupled from commonly understood facts, it becomes impossible to view politics events, or just about anything from a common platform. And it becomes very easy, even very tempting, by manipulation or, and or suppression of content to sway people's opinions one way or the other regardless of the truth. The social media companies do this by providing content that agrees with the user views, Disinformation and misinformation are by this means used to accomplish significant change in society, and the social media companies are doing just that. What has happened to objective truth? Tristan Harris, president and co-founder of the Center for Humane Technology, Said the business model of the social media companies is to sell the ability to change your attention, to change what you are thinking and feeling. A personalized reality is more profitable than a more general shared reality. A more general shared experience is not going to be as successful in getting your attention than. Getting your own reality, and we are not seeing the other information, only that which agrees with us. They appeal to the innate instincts of human nature, which makes the experience very appealing. Well, this is the key, because the innate instincts are carnal, mostly, and people think that the truth is what they have but there is no objective moral truth on which to base that opinion. So people take positions and opinions that are not based on the broad reality, but rather based on the perceptions given them by their own reality, supported and enhanced by the social media company. Once they are locked into reality that has grabbed their attention and held it, there is almost nothing you can do to change their view, no matter how outlandish and false it is. You are probably familiar with this phenomenon regarding fantastic conspiracy theories. But the concept is now being applied in the mainstream to everyone who uses social media. Once the shared reality has been fragmented, or rather shattered, by this personalization, it is easy to manipulate opinion and behavior. Thus, it will be very difficult to explain the three angels' messages, because most people don't have that common biblical understanding of objective truth that was once the driving force in Protestant America. Eventually, this will create a desire for some kind of authority. If not the Bible, then the magisterium of the papacy will take its place as the objective truth, especially when God's judgments are poured out. Everything we're doing online, said Jeff Siebert, former executive of Twitter, Is being watched, is being tracked, is being measured. Every single action you take is carefully monitored and recorded. Exactly what images you look at, for how long you look at it. Social media companies know when people are lonely, they know when they are depressed. They know when you are looking at photos of your ex-romantic partners, what you are doing late at night. They know the entire thing, whether you are an introvert or an extrovert, or what kind of neurosis you have, or what your personality type is like. They have more information about us than has ever been imagined in human history. It is unprecedented. The business model depends on manipulating our attention and getting us to use it in specific ways for very long periods of time, says Harris. So our default technology environment is a manipulation-based technology environment. And kids are growing up in that, and they will not have known anything different. We have sent society through the washing machine of algorithmic personalization, continued Harris, but the harm shows up on the balance sheets of society with everything from addiction, mental health problems, slow erosion of truth, worse journalism, and shorter attention spans. So what these social media companies do is, for example, flood you with recommendations that promote conspiracy theories and extremism. And the result is that you eventually will more likely believe the conspiracy theory. The flat earth theory was recommended hundreds of millions of times by the social media companies. Is it any wonder that there are those who firmly believe the flat earth theory today? More insidiously, they can get you to hate some person by personalizing information on that person that they want you to hate. They know already your predisposition to dislike someone, so they build on that with the content that gives evidence in a reasonable way for that dislike. Eventually, the evidence has gotten stronger in your mind and you begin to hate that person. And they're not interested in so much in the squabbles with your neighbor, but in the big picture. They are interested in the big issues of the day, like LGBTQ issues or women's rights, as in the pseudo-right to an abortion, fomenting dissent or riots, or in politics. Jesus said in Matthew 12, "...the love of many will wax cold." And friends, this manipulation is satanic. He wants to get people hating each other more and more. And by the way, he uses race and prejudice as one of his most effective tools. He wants to spread discontent and conflict. He wants to spread distrust and dissatisfaction. And he wants to increase even the suicide rate. Manipulation is most easily seen in politics. If the social media companies want one side to win an election and they don't want the other side to win, they bombard their platform with recommendations that promote opinions in harmony with their agenda. And while the social media experience has gone from a general shared experience to a personal experience, to manipulation of the mind through your personal experience, and you think your opinions are your own. But they have been developed over time by algorithms with a strong bias, and mostly people have no idea what's happening to them. We all simply are operating on a different set of facts, says Rashida Richardson, Director of Policy Research at the AI Now Institute and adjunct professor of New York University School of Law. And when that happens, you're no longer able to reckon or even consume information that contradicts with that worldview that you've created. That means that we aren't being objective or constructive individuals. Then you look at the other side, says Harris, and you start to think, how can those people be so stupid? Look at all this information that I'm seeing. How are they not seeing the same information? The answer is, they're not seeing that same information. Harris says lies fly six times faster on social media than the truth does. Truth will never win in that equation, says Orlowski. We can spend as much time as we want doing very thoughtful, careful reporting on certain things, and then a lying machine is just outpacing you, and you just can't keep up with it. Social media is is more than just a neutral, user-friendly service. It is an attractive and deceptive place with an agenda to undermine your ability to think from cause to effect and tell the truth from lies. It will destroy your love of the Bible if you allow it to dominate your life, as many people do. It is leading to a very dystopian future where the Bible is not understood, especially by young people. And it's leading in so many ways directly to the fulfillment of Bible prophecies. For instance, and this is just one, they could provide content that demonizes Bible Sabbath keepers and cause them to hate them so much that they would kill them. And many people will take matters into their own hands. Only the angels of God can defend God's true commandment keepers. Friends, the only reliable truth when it comes down to it is the Bible. The only certainty is faith in the Word of God and in making that word your instruction manual to guide you through the maze of falsehoods and deception. You won't find a guide that's committed to only truth anywhere in the world. Falsehoods and deceptions are going to pass away along with the people who promoted them and who have placed their affections on the world. Here is a statement from testimonies... For the Church, Volume 4, page 336 and 337. Men are mortals. They may be sincerely pious and yet have many errors of understanding and many defects of character, but they cannot be Christ's followers and yet be in league with him who loveth and maketh a lie. Such a life is a fraud a perpetual falsehood, a fatal deception. It is a close test upon the courage of men and women to be brought to face their own sins and to frankly acknowledge them, to say that mistake must be charged to my account. requires a strength of inward principle that the world possesses in but a limited degree. But he who has the courage to say this in sincerity gains a decided victory over self and eventually closes the door against the enemy. An adherence to the strictest principles of truth will frequently cause present inconvenience and may even involve temporal loss, but it will increase the reward in the future. Religion does not consist merely in a system of dry doctrines, but in practical faith, which sanctifies the life and corrects the conduct in the family circle and in the church. Many may tithe mint and rue, but neglect the weightier matters, mercy and the love of God. To walk humbly with God is essential to the perfection of Christian character. God requires undeviating principle in the minutest details of the transactions of life. Said Christ, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. There are two deceptions above all others that Satan has foisted upon the Christian world. Sunday sacredness, and the immortality of the soul. All who fall for these and stick with Him, even though Scripture plainly reveals the opposite, will lose their souls and bodies in eternal death. Right before Jesus comes, there will be so much disinformation, fake news, and deep fakes focused on making the truth of the Bible look like a lie, that people will be totally confused, and they will think that the advocates of truth and the Sabbath are telling lies. They will persecute them and eventually try to kill them. The truth will be trampled in the dust, and the world will cling to its disloyalty, to its own destruction. Friends, there is no safe place where you can hear only truth, except for the word of God and those who are sanctified by obeying it. You must know the word if you are going to escape the snare. If you are going to have nothing but the truth, you have to live by every word of it. Give yourself to the truth, Of Scripture. Let it become the guiding light of your life. Let us pray. Dear Father, we especially need the truth in this world of lies. You have faithfully given us your word to help us navigate our lives through the maze of falsehoods and disinformation. Please help us to be faithful and side only with the truth not political parties, not with governments, not with friends, only truth. And we'll praise you through all eternity. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: you The sea, oh master.
0: I hope you have been greatly blessed by this month's message. Your prayers and gifts mean much to us. Thank you for your support. The song you have just heard is called Oh Let Me Walk With Thee, sung by Christian Berdahl. It is recorded on a CD with other beautiful hymns called Consecration. If you would like to have a copy of the CD, just send $16 postpaid to U.S. addresses to cover the cost, and we will send you one. Please mention the Consecration CD. Other international listeners should send $20 USD. The following is our Prophetic Intelligence Briefing a feature that brings you current events in light of prophecy, especially for those who love the appearing of Jesus Christ. We can see the signs of the times telling us that we are nearing the world's great crisis. May the Lord find us faithful.
2: Our first item this month. China orders hospitals to abort. Kill Newborn Babies of Religious and Ethnic Minorities Hospitals in Xinjiang were ordered by China's Communist government to abort and kill all babies born in excess of its mandated family planning limits, including newborns born after being carried to full term, or face hefty fines, claims a new report. Hasey Abdullah, a Uyghur obstetrician who worked in multiple hospitals in northwest China's Xinjiang Uyghur Autonomous Region for 15 years told Radio Free Asia that maternity wards implemented strict family planning policies intended to restrict Uyghurs and other ethnic minorities to three children. Quote, Every hospital had a family planning unit that was responsible for implementation. Who had how many kids, when they'd given birth to them, they tracked all of this, she said. Quote, The regulations were so strict, there had to be three or four years between children. There were babies born at nine months who we killed after inducing labor. They did that in the maternity wards because those were the orders. Abdullah told RFA that babies were aborted even if their mothers were, quote, eight and nine months pregnant, adding that in some cases, medical staff would, quote, even kill the babies after they'd been born. Babies who had been born at the hospital outside of family planning limits weren't safe either, she said. Adding doctors would, quote, kill them and dispose of the body. Quote, they wouldn't give the baby to the parents. They kill the babies when they're born, she said. Quote, it's an order that's been given from above. It's an order that's been printed and distributed in official documents. Hospitals get fined if they don't comply. So, of course, they carried this out. Previous reports have revealed how the Communist Chinese Party have forcibly sterilized, aborted, and taken other measures to reduce the birth rates in Xinjiang. A June study by Adrian Zenz, scholar and chronicler of Beijing's atrocities in Xinjiang, documented how CCP officials placed fines on Uyghur women who had three or more children, and force women to undergo mandatory pregnancy tests, implantation of IUDs, or sterilization surgery. He calculates, based on information from Chinese public websites, that the population growth had declined by 90% between 2014 and 2019, noting that despite the persistence of the one-child policy for 40 years in mainland China, the Uyghur's population growth rate is lower than the national average. In Guma County, Peshan and Hotan City, doctors performed sterilizations 140 times the national average, according to Zens. Before, quote, a dramatic spike of sterilization in 2016 that has continued into the present, Uyghur birth rates were typically higher than the normal average and sterilizations much lower. A Uyghur woman named Boomer Yem from Tokuzak Township in Kashgar's Kona Sheher, Shufu County, who fled the region for Turkey in 2016, told RFA that in 2004, she was forced to have an abortion while pregnant with her fourth child around halfway through her second trimester. Quote, The family planning address told me I had to get an abortion because the pregnancy was my fourth, and they gave me an injection through my belly button. I paid 200 yuan, 29 U.S. dollars, for the procedure myself, she said. Quote, the cadres took me to the hospital and did the abortion at five months, she said. It was a boy. We could find out the sex at five months. If my baby who was aborted were alive today, he'd be 15 years old. Boomer Yem told RFA she recovered in a room with other women whose babies had been aborted at seven and eight months, as well as full term. Quote, There were women there in even worse situations than mine. She said, I lay in my bed and cried. The RFA report comes as China has faced increasing international criticism over its treatment of Uyghurs and other minorities in Western China. Estimates suggest that over 1 million to as many as 3 million Uyghur Muslims and other minority groups in Western China have been subject to internment camps in Xinjiang. A recent report documented how the religious minority has been subject to massacres, mass internment camps, torture, organ harvesting, and disappearances in addition to forced birth control and sterilization. The report also highlights the forcible transfer of children from their families to Chinese state orphanages or boarding homes. In June, the U.S. Commission of International Religious Freedom argued that the forced sterilization of Uyghur Muslims is, quote, evidence of genocide. Quote, it's evident from the Chinese government's own data that the Communist Party's policy are clearly designed to prevent population growth from the Uyghur, Kazakh, and other Turkic Muslim Peoples, USCIRF Commissioner Nuri Terkel said in a statement, Quote, We urge the State Department to investigate whether the Chinese authorities' deliberate and systematic attempt to genetically reducing the Turkic Muslim population in Xinjiang meets the legal definition for genocide as contemplated in the Genocide Convention. In a statement to Fox News, Morgan Ortegas said the U.S. State Department is, quote, extremely concerned by reports of forced abortions and sterilization in Xinjiang. Quote, These reports are consistent with an overwhelming and growing body of information that exposes the Chinese Communist Party's campaign of brutal repression targeting Uyghurs, ethnic Kazakhs, Kyrgyz, and other Muslim minorities in Xinjiang. We reiterate our call on the PRC, People's Republic of China government, to reverse its repressive course in Xinjiang, release all who are arbitrarily detained, and to end its draconian and brutal policies to forcibly indoctrinate and intimidate its own citizens. Racism and legal persecution are a common theme in China. God's people may suffer these types of persecutions someday. Quote, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. 2 Timothy 3.13 Next, United Nations warns famine of biblical proportions imminent due to COVID-19, millions to starve. If the COVID-19 pandemic hasn't wreaked enough havoc in the world already, things are going to get a lot worse if the United Nations World Food Program, WFP, is to be believed. According to this body, which tries to deal with food shortages around the globe, the number of people unable to earn enough to feed themselves will cause a huge spike in malnutrition by the end of this year. Quote, All the data we have, including WFP, forecasts that the number of people experiencing malnutrition will grow by 80% by the end of the year. This points to a real disaster. The executive director of WFP, David Beasley, said, Long-term problems. This would only be the primary effect of COVID-19 on those sections of the society who are vulnerable to food shortage. Beasley explained that the long-term effects of the disruption caused by the pandemic will aggravate the situation even more in the coming years. Quote, Obviously, social tensions will grow, migration will increase, conflicts will escalate, and hunger will likely affect those who didn't experience it before, the top UN official warned. This will have devastating consequences. Quote, Many will die. Children will suffer from the consequences of malnutrition for many years and the world will lose all the progress made in fighting hunger over the past decade, he added in an interaction with Russian news agency TASS. Most affected regions? WFP sees South America as the continent which will suffer the most due to the COVID-19 induced food shortages. The number of people suffering for malnourishment in that part of the world would increase by 269%. The second worst affected regions would be Central and Eastern Asia, where the rate of increase in malnutrition would be around 135%. The notoriously poor and hunger stricken Sub-Saharan Africa wouldn't be let off easily either. There, the number of ill-fed people would double. This will put additional burden on WFP, which is already engaged in feeding 138 million people around the world. Obviously, the organization is seeking more financial help. According to the UN body, $4.9 billion is required just for their activities in the upcoming six months. The recent blast in Beirut, which destroyed storage facilities where grains were kept and also the port which is used to import foods, has created a crisis in Lebanon also. Sudan and Yemen are two other countries where food shortages have been acute. The situation is already grim. Quote, For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. Matthew 24, 7. Next, Walter Williams, back to academic brainwashing. Parents, legislators, taxpayers, and others footing the bill for college education might be interested in just what is in store for the upcoming academic year. Since many college classes will be online, there is a chance to witness professors indoctrinating their students in real time. So there's a chance that some college faculty might change their behavior. To see recent examples of campus nonsense and indoctrination, Visit the Campus Reform and College Fix websites. George Washington University law professor Jonathan Turley warned congressional lawmakers that Antifa is, quote, winning, and that much of academia, whether wittingly or unwittingly, is complicit in its success. In his testimony before Congress, Turley said, quote, To Antifa, people like me are the personification of the classical liberal view of free speech that perpetuates a system of oppression and abuse. I wish I could say that my view remains strongly implanted in our higher educational institutions. However, you are more likely to find public supporters for restricting free speech than you are to find defenders of free speech principles on many campuses. The leftist bias at our colleges and universities has many harmful effects. A University of California, Davis, mathematics professor faced considerable backlash over her opposition to the requirements for, quote, diversity statements from potential faculty. Those seeking employment at the University of California, San Diego, are required to admit that, quote, barriers prevent women and minorities from full participation in campus life. At American University University, a history professor wrote a book calling for the repeal of the Second Amendment. A Rutgers University professor said, quote, Watching the Iowa caucus is a sickening display of the overrepresentation representation of whiteness. A Williams College professor has advocated for the inclusion of social justice in math textbooks. Students at Wayne State University are no longer required to take a single math course to graduate. However, they may soon be required to take a diversity course. Maybe some students will be forced into sharing the vision of Professor Lori Rubel, a math education professor at Brooklyn College. She says the idea of cultural neutrality in math is a, quote, myth, and that asking whether 2 plus 2 equals 4, quote, reeks of white supremacist patriarchy. She tweeted, quote, Y'all must know that the idea that math is objective or neutral is a myth. Math professors and academics at other universities, including Harvard and the University of Illinois, discussed the, quote, Eurocentric roots of American mathematics. As for me, I would like to see the proof in any culture that 2 plus 2 is something other than 4. Rutgers University English Department Chairwoman Rebecca Walkowitz announced changes to the department's graduate writing program, emphasizing, quote, social justice and, quote, critical grammar. Leonidas Johnson, a speech-language pathologist and libertarian activist, says, Walkowitz's changes make the assumption that minorities cannot understand traditional and grammatically correct English speech and writing, which is, quote, insulting, patronizing, and in itself extremely racist. Then there is the nonsense taught on college campuses about white privilege. The idea of white privilege doesn't explain why several historically marginalized groups outperform whites today. For example, Japanese Americans suffered under the alien land law of 1913 and other racist exclusionary laws preventing them from owning land and property in more than a dozen American states until the Immigration and Nationality Act of 1952. During World War II, more than 120,000 Japanese Americans were interned. However, by 1959, the income disparity between Japanese Americans and white Americans had almost disappeared. Today... Japanese Americans outperform white Americans by large margins in income statistics, education outcomes, and test scores, and have much lower incarceration rates. According to Rav Arora, writing for the New York Post, several black immigrant groups such as Nigerians, Trinidadians, and Tobagonians, Barbadians, and Ghanaians all, quote, have a median household income well above the American average. We are left with the question whether the people handing out, quote, white privilege made a mistake. The other alternative is that Japanese Americans, Nigerians, Barbadians, Ghanaians, Trinidadians, and Tobagonians are really white Americans. The bottom line is that more Americans need to pay attention to the missed education of our youth, and that miseducation is not limited to higher education. "Quote: Our country shall repudiate every principle of its constitution as a Protestant and Republican government." Testimonies to the Church, Volume Five, Page Four Fifty One. Next, Austin City Council slashes police funding. By 150 million shifts portion of money to fund abortion the city of austin texas is doubling down on its stance as a sanctuary city for the abortion industry while simultaneously going woke with plans to defund the police the city's 2021 budget approved unanimously by the all-democrat austin city council on thursday cuts 150 million from the austin police department or roughly a third of their funding millions of dollars will be redirected to other public services and the city council feels that should include subsidizing abortion excess quote today i hope that the community feels hope said council member greg Cassar. the council's move makes austin the first of texas four biggest cities to drastically cut police department funding the share of the police department budget that was cut is among the largest percentage decreases in the nation this year, according to the Texas Tribune. Last year, the Texas legislator passed a law prohibiting state and local governments from using taxpayer dollars to support abortion businesses and their affiliates. However, as CBN News reported, the city of Austin circumvented this law by including a line item of $150,000 in the city's budget for abortion logistics services. While the funding cannot pay for the abortion procedure directly, this money is earmarked for expenses related to the abortion, including transportation to the appointment, lodging, childcare, and legal services. The city contracted with Jane's Due Process, a pro-abortion organization that's been accused of exploiting underage girls by showing them how to obtain abortions without their parents' involvement. Pro-life Austin residents have since sued the city. However, their 2019 lawsuits have been pending in county courts for almost a year. In setting the budget for 2021, Austin reaffirmed their commitment to killing unborn children with taxpayer dollars by increasing the funding allotted for, quote, abortion access. To $250,000. The approved budget starts by taking 21.5 million from the Austin Police Department's funding and shifting that money to pay for social services, community resources including response to the coronavirus, mental health aid programs, violence prevention, victim services, and food, housing, and abortion access. quote: "But abortion is not health care. Abortion does nothing to improve the safety or wellness of our communities, said the pro-life group Texas Right to Life in a press release. Quote, A procedure that always ends in the death of a preborn child and leaves women spiritually, mentally, and oftentimes physically scared cannot be said to promote safety and care. Austin Police Chief Brian Manley said during a press conference, after the vote, that the budget cuts and plans to reimagine the city's policing would lead to changes unlike anything he had seen in his 30 years of working at the police department. The cuts will eliminate about 150 open jobs, which would put staffing levels the same as in 2015, Manley said. The priority would be to keep the patrol unit, which responds to 911 calls, fully staffed, he said. The department plans to allocate officers accordingly. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton criticized the budget cut as another outgrowth of, quote, cancel culture and asked Austin leaders to reconsider the decision. Quote, the city council's action to slash funding disregarded the safety of our capital city, its citizens, and the many guests who frequent it, Paxton said in a statement. The city of Austin already struggles to combat widespread crime, violence, and homelessness. Governor Greg Abbott said Thursday that the council's action represent the triumph of political agendas over public safety and vowed that the Texas Department of Public Safety will, quote, stand in the gap to protect Austin until the state legislature can take up the issue next session. Quote, Austin's decision puts the brave men and women of the Austin Police Department and their families at greater risk and paves the way for lawlessness, he said in a statement. Public safety is job one, and Austin has abandoned that duty. Quote, "And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the son of man." Luke 17:26 The earth also was corrupt before God. And the earth was filled with violence. Genesis 6, 11.
0: Unfortunately, our time is up. Remember, there are more prophetic intelligence briefings on our website at ktfnews.com. It's been a great pleasure to spend this time with you. I hope you have been encouraged to live for Jesus, for we are near the end. Remember that God has a plan for your life and that right now you can make a new start with Jesus. Thank you for your prayers and support, And until next time, may God bless and keep you and your family in His loving and protecting care. Keep the faith.